Today's episode will just be so that Dan can explain to me what it feels like to have an NFL weekend go his team's way, because it's been long enough that I really don't remember. Seeing no one reporting is eligible, this is The Push-Up. episode of the push off podcast your favorite weekly nfl show that discusses everything that happened last week well it gets you ready for the next i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always it's dan as a married man i am as ineligible as taylor decker right (laughs) there you go dan welcome to a new episode of the push off podcast we're here at the end um (laughs) that sounds sounds very fatalist and you know what? It does feel like that too, because like one more weekend of turning on NFL Red Zone, things like that. Like, and then it's it. Um, we're there's no more. There's no Monday night game this week. No Thursday night game this week because well, there will be a Monday night game in the playoffs. But yeah, we're oh, wrapping yeah. it up. So well, you a couple of Saturdays and a bunch of Sundays. Everything has to be decided by Sunday night so you can get everybody's schedule set in. Right. Uh, they're going to find a fucking way to make the Cowboys a Monday night game because uh, mm-hmm. they always do that shit in the they playoffs. They want the eyes on them. Yep, they want the eyes on them. Dude, people watch whenever. If it's the Cowboys, they watch whenever. It doesn't yeah. matter. But, but they uh, don't want it Saturday afternoon, of course. I'd love it Saturday afternoon. God, that would help. <laughs> It'd be so awesome, but Kesara, uh, yeah. it's, you know. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, is all I say. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about your game as uh, everybody wants to and all of the others from last week and get you ready for the next one. So, yeah, let's jump right in. Um, the only thing I did want to bring up before we did is the spring football merger, Dan. We, yes. This episode has touched on both these leaks a little bit as we've gone through the, the years, seen them rise, seen them fall, seen them begin, and then seen them fail. Uh, XFL and US, USFL are becoming the UFL, the United Football League. And The Rock told us about its uh, pregame on Sunday that that is what will be, be occurring, the spring football merger of these two leagues. I think this is a wonderful idea. We've talked about how the XFL is kind of moving it in a weird direction. They weren't as XFL as they had been in, in the past. The USFL... Seems like it had a really nice structure, just no backing and financing. XFL's got the financing. USFL seems like it has the organization, teams, and, you know, feel of old-timey football, you know, feel of natural football. So I think this is great. I think you're not going to have as many um, sort of weird situations as you did with USFL and uh, with the XFL. I think it, it puts financing and backing to a sort of repeatable product the way the XFL did not have and financing the way the USFL did not have. But the USFL and the XFL have actually produced decent quality players. Might I bring up uh, my own rookie kicker, potential, I would say, special teams rookie of the year, uh, Brandon Aubrey, is a a USFL kicker. The fucking guy don't miss, though. To me, that's the biggest thing that we've gotten out of these leagues is the NFL has shown that, yes, we will 
look at the top players and and you can get jobs by being seen there and that's what's going to lead players to those spots and good players to those spots i have two i have the yeah. old usfl mvp uh yep. in my kicker Cavante turpin and uh, Brandon Aubrey. So USFL has produced quality players for me that maybe weren't going to get as much of a shot if they had just gone straight to, like, you know, undrafted free agent. You know, they're playing in you know, the scout team. This guy put quality film on tape, put mm-hmm. quality play on tape, and then you got to look uh, at a roster that needs help at a position. I think it makes tons of sense. And I have no idea everybody that's behind this quote-unquote merger, but if you're putting the money behind money and not two leagues trying to work at the same time in a spring league or whatever. And if they're not working against the NFL, they won't do any of that stuff or maybe even work with them down the line a little bit more uh, like uh, the old Europe league did and stuff like that. I think, yeah, there's your possibility of making this thing last. It's, it's funny that it's four and four. So you keep the Birmingham stallions, the Houston roughnecks, the Memphis Showboats the teams, and the Michigan yeah. Panthers, and then you get the Arlington Renegades. Um, who the fuck else was it? Uh, Arlington Renegades, DC Defenders, San, o- San Antonio Brahmas, which were are that's a rock team, uh, and then the St. Louis Battlehawks. So, you know, I thought USFL had some pretty good team names. I thought um, I would have gone with more USFL team names, but eight seems like a good place to start, and it deepens the quality of talent um, in that right. position. So we'll see what we get. Yeah, and. Um yeah, you just go with you know, where fan bases maybe have been built, and that's where you go. All right. All right, enough of the that those leagues. Let's talk about our league, the NFL. Game of the week is, uh, you know, I, I, we're not here to jump all over the Eagles, but uh, it just so happens I that am. it's <laughs> and it's planned out that way that another uh, rough Eagles loss is, is where we st- begin. Um, I, we're also going to focus on the NFC in the first half, AFC in the second half. You can do that when you're heading into week 18 and everyone's playing each other in the division. Uh, things become a big old mess. So NFC first because uh, best foot forward, all that. The the Cardinals beat the Eagles 35-31. to Big old shock in um, Philly. Murray looked really good. Three touchdowns interception. Who looked great was James Conner. Uh, 133 total yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Hertz looked fine. Three touchdowns, one interception, two of them to an old friend, Julio Jones, uh, back from the dead, um, on here and, and catching multiple touchdowns. Is uh, he? Is he back from the dead? <laughs> he, he was showing that he can still participate and uh, put in an effort. The Eagles, with a 21-6 lead at the half, uh, saw this thing wither away, go down to a 28-all tie. Eagles kick a field goal. Field goal not enough as the Cardinals go down there and get that touchdown to take the lead with seconds left and hold on to it. Boo-fucking-who, Eagles right. fans. Yeah, did so. who There's no way you came into this game believing this was going to happen. We picked, No, I didn't even pick them. Right, we both. I picked yes, the Eagles. And we both did. Uh, so, I mean, obviously you were... Heading in already feeling good. You had a win under your belt mm-hmm. at this time of the day. This had to be some icing on the cake. Oh, this was this was glorious. This was so wonderful, it's hard to describe. Because we got so much shit for losing to the fucking Cardinals. So much shit from Eagles fans. And to have the Eagles lose the exact... Like, they're losing to another Arizona team that we can declare was 3-12 and 12 when they faced them. Like, Arizona wasn't good when we faced them, but they were interesting and weird, and starting a guy that, you know, 
we didn't have a lot of film on. The Eagles got straight up whooped in the second half. Like, they could not do shit defensively. It was interesting because we must remember that this Arizona team is run by the former Eagles defensive coordinator. You wonder how much of that system is still in place, maybe being called incorrectly. And it seems like uh, Gannon was able to kind of do whatever the fuck he wanted to the defense in the second half. It seemed like he knew their cues. It seemed like he knew what their tendencies were going to be, and they just went right after him. They made great corrections, and they attacked this Eagles defense. This Eagles defense that has been suffering over the past month and a half or so. This is not the same Eagles defense that we saw at the beginning of the year where everybody's fresh and you know everybody's super athletic. Guys are missing out on basic fucking assignments uh, there in Philadelphia, and I'm all for it. I hope they keep this up for another week or two weeks. That'd be great. I don't really care if they lose to the Giants. I just hope we beat the Commanders and it's a non-issue. But if you're Philadelphia, you got to get suddenly real worried about the condition your defense is in. The fact that you're going back and forth, letting Matt Patricia ever call defense ever in the NFL is a fucking travesty. So, yeah, I just I don't know where they're headed. Coordinator-wise, you know, so I Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have a real big overhaul. Even a team that is going to be, you know, an 11-12 win team is talking about, oh, we've got to make major changes to the coordinator position. This is this is such an odd thing to see from an Eagles team that for so long was middling, 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 and now you get a taste of a Super Bowl win, then you get a taste of another Super Bowl appearance. This is a natural down year. Um, the fact that they're thinking about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I absolutely, I hope they do it. Because <laughs> this is actually a really good team that's having trouble rather than a troubled team that was occasionally good. No. So I hope they make major overcorrections and sell half the defense. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that this team, I was trying to say last year they were in a, a tough spot, you know, had a little tip down right before the playoffs and, and it didn't bother them. This is a little worse than where they were last year. This is, you're right, a little more panic-inducing. And it's obvious to go, well, what's the difference? Well, we lost our coordinators. This must be it. Plus, we just got beat by Gannon, our coordinator that was just here last year, um, uh, on a coordinated side on the defense that we didn't appreciate at the time. You know, that nobody, it was like, good, get rid of him. You know, we, we joked about him not being allowed on the plane after the Super Bowl loss. Uh, and here he comes into Philly and beats him. I think he knows the team. I think he, you know, he's got a little bit of familiarity with what the Eagles run because he probably went against that same offense for years there in practice and things. So it's a nice little matchup. So yeah, I think uh, the Eagles are in a lot of trouble, like you said, because there is a little bit of plan on them. You can't let thirty-five points go on you at on at home. <sighs> You can't let that happen, especially when it was just set up for you to, to, to win the division. Just win these games. These games were scheduled in a way that you were set up to do it. So that really is a heartbreak there. Yeah, they and had an easy back end of the schedule. Like, we right. got to remember that. This we is were crazy. staring that down going, well, the Eagles aren't really going to miss anything. You were giving it to them and everything else. So we know it's hurt, and we can't. they can't let it scale down anymore. Uh, before we talk about it, the Giants are trying to do their darndest to make things difficult for everybody. They brought the Rams to a one-point loss, though. Rams win it in New York, as we th- thought they would, right? Didn't we? Yeah, we picked the Rams. It says oh, yeah. no, but we did. Um, Stafford, touchdown, but he did throw two interceptions. It was Kyron Williams' day. 
Uh, I, you know, I've talked about how much I like this kid playing in Indu. 101 total yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Puka Nakua, 137 total yards, and the Rams had six sacks. But the reason why uh, the Giants walk back in this game, Haversick keeps missing extra points, leaving some points out there. And then two extra points missed. Two points is not a big old difference, but it was a 14-10 Rams game at the half, and then all of a sudden, Tarad and... uh, you know, the, the Giants are finding ways to get down the field, get some points there at the end. They are basically ready to tie this one themselves. And then that wild end of uh, them going for two to take the win and, and uh, it, it not making it in. So You appreciate the level of aggression, though. You have to. Sure. Because you know. you're a, a team with a lost season. You got to go for it. I agree. The Giants, that was the right call. Oh, yeah. You get, you get what you can, man. You get what you can. It's... It's also crazy that like they had a chance here. Like they missed a field goal. You know, it was a it was a bit of a hoofer, you know, yeah. but they missed a field goal right there at the end. Mason Crosby, that's at the end of his distance. Like Mason Crosby six years ago, seven years ago maybe makes that, but not well, now. Talk his about what would have been the 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 poetry of that moment that Mason Crosby's brought into the Rams about three weeks prior. We talked about it. Haversick was having a bad year mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're like all right well we signed mason crosby this week but haversick still started the game made like three or four field goals in that game i forget got his job back. back yeah got his job back won it back they're like fine bye uh and then the giants you don't need like, to well, we, need, we need the guy so the giants had him and he could have not put the rams in a much precarious situation in the playoffs instead they clinch they're in with this win congrats rams yeah i mean the giants <laughs> I think this is the best scenario for the Giants fans, honestly, is play with spirit and lose. Play with spirit and lose. Take guys to the end of the fourth quarter and lose to help your draft position. Now, they might, I mean, I'm hoping that they beat the Eagles. That'd be awesome. But they're probably going to end the season at 5-12. and 12. They're probably going to be picking in the top eight. And they have to make a decision about whether or not they're moving forward with Daniel Jones at the quarterback position. That's Do what they? they have to decide. Aren't they um, kind of stuck with him given the contract they just gave him? Not really. I mean, you got to remember, even if you if you say, hey, Daniel Jones is not the fucking guy, not at all, you can eat that salary cap, you can eat a pretty good chunk of that salary cap and trade him for a second or third round pick to somebody that thinks they can get more out of the guy. Fair, fair. And yeah. say, hey, let's restart this thing. We'll take the loss on the year. Uh, we'll take the bad salary cap hit this year and we'll just move forward. Um, because there's nothing better than having a quarterback on a rookie deal, you know, especially yeah. if the guy you had on a second deal just is complete bupkis. So I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I think they'd be much Giants happier to maybe be there. move up. Yeah, yeah they'll but be the there. Giants, they can argue that he had an injury year, et cetera, because they just gave him a big contract, and it does feel, you know. But if you don't trust him, uh, I think um, what's-his-name is a young enough head coach that he can cut cut oh yeah uh, he can Daniel cut Jones and get go yeah and they'll be in a spot where they can get one of those QBs a lot of teams will be looking for one though next year yeah I mean it's 69 million dollars in dead cap that's what it would be so that's that's the hard thing is it's yeah. a 69 million dollar dead cap even if they cut him after June 1st it is a uh 60 million dollar dead cap if they traded him if they traded him uh before or after they actually only lose 33 million dollars 
So if it's straight, I mean, don't they probably that contract or that trade would have a little bit of we'll take some of that money? You think? Maybe, then, maybe not. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe not. They're probably going to eat a lot of that. But then once again, then your quarterback room gets completely reset by a rookie quarterback steal. So yep. All right, the Giants are still at home playing the Eagles this week. Eagles at Giants. This is where we'll begin our picks. I hate picking Week 18. I have no idea who's starting, who's actually throwing people out or not. This one is an easy pick because it's straight up, you know, the Giants have not been playing for the last couple weeks, so their lineup will probably remain the same, and the Eagles desperately need to to, uh, to win to feel good here. Um, I know they're in the playoffs. They've clinched a wild card, but they still have a chance of getting the division, and they will be playing at uh, the same time the Cowboys are. Mm-hmm. Could have lined one of these up earlier, but they do get a lot of eyes to them. So a 325 kickoff for both of them, the late afternoon start. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the Eagles, like you kind of already hinted at. I do think the Eagles are going to win this one because they got a whole lot more on the line than the Giants do. Yeah, I got to take the Eagles if for two reasons. Number one, I would love to see the Eagles lose. It seems the Eagles only ever fucking lose when I pick them to win, so I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. Um yeah, I just I would be so fucking shocked if the Giants won it, unless the Cowboys Commanders game turns into a fucking rout. Right. Because at that point, there's nothing to play for as an Eagles fan except to avoid injury. So you might see some second stringers come in, in the second half if the Commanders Cowboys game is out of hand. That's a lot of um watching the, the yeah, the the scoreboard stuff. I don't know if you're gonna get the Eagles to do that, especially knowing the that coaching staff. So we'll see. Sure. I th- I do think they need a they need a win, given where their season's gotten here before they had enter the playoffs. So we'll see. It would help. It certainly um, help. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about a pick game you picked correct last week, Dan. That I did not see coming. The Steelers beating the Seahawks in Seattle, thirty to twenty three. Um, at the moment, sure made me happy. Harris had one hundred twenty two yards of scrimmage and two touchdowns. And Pickens another big game. Um, Boswell kicked three for three on the field goals. Uh, Seahawks did what they could. It, this game was 17-14, Steelers at the half. It just kind of felt like uh, Seahawks playing catch-up um, with the Steelers. That was kind of wild to see it being in Seattle and Mason Crosby's second start, but Mason Crosby's kind of brought a Steelers offense the Mason best. Rudolph. It's, oh, I keep saying Mason Crosby. Yeah, because we're just talking about him. Thank you. In New York, Mason Rudolph has brought up a Steelers offense the best it's looked, I think, all season. So, surprise, surprise there. But uh, the biggest thing, and um, got to say this now, Mike Tomlin keeps his winning season streak alive, going 17 straight now. Congrats, Mike Tomlin. Which is absurd, honestly. Like, yeah. to not have a losing season in 17 years. I mean, that's just tremendous consistency. That's great quality control. That's being able to manage weird-ass diva wide receivers and, you know, fuckboy quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, it, I mean, honestly, it's tremendous. Like, yeah. Mike Tomlin has done an amazing job. He's not on the Mount Rushmore because it's, it's hard to go fully on the Mount Rushmore with one Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. but he's a top-10 all-time head coach. That's what's crazy. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's got over 100. It's over 150 wins, right? Over uh, almost 170. I don't know. Uh, to, but to do it for crushing. as long as he has, yeah, is is ridiculous. You're right. That's just another way to say it. Because you, you 
You should have some down years. Teams have down years. It just doesn't make sense. 172 wins. He's got 172 wins. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's way up there. Um, So, uh, yeah, surprising win for this one. The Seahawks might have some issues now. Um, They're still in an okay spot to make the playoffs, but they need help now uh, currently. And they're going against a Cardinals team this week who we just said, you know, are looking like they're showing back up. And they have to go to, yeah, to uh, Arizona. So, I don't know, moving on from the Steelers win kind of fast, but I really want to talk about next week's games in the playoff picture. So, I'm talking Seahawks going to Arizona. It's obviously all of these are divisional games. So, who's to say what's going to happen here? Um, Seattle needs it. I think Seattle will... uh, I'm taking Seattle to win in the desert, uh, even though the Cardinals are looking better. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I just can't see – I can see it being a close game. I just can't see Seattle letting this one go. Like, you've got to right. have this win. Um, a 9-8 and eight Seattle team, still relatively dangerous. They play everybody hard. It's not like they're getting blown out uh, in any of these games except uh, the Cowboys game. But – <laughs> You know they're a good team. They're a good team and they're consistent. So I'd I'd love to see what they can do in the playoffs. Basically, they need to win with the uh, Packers t- losing now in order to get into the playoffs. Um, I want to say there's probably other ways of like everybody lost, but let's just say that if the Seahawks need to win and a Packers loss for them to make the playoffs, so it's a it's a precarious spot for Seattle. These well, you Af- know, oh yeah, go those, ahead. Those Bears are uh, spunky, so I guess we'll find out. We'll find out about the Bears. Um, and it's this Seahawks and Cardinals, another 325 kickoff. So it's a game that uh, the NFL is telling you to pay attention to. <laughs> um, 49ers beat the Commanders 27-10. to 10. We knew it was going to happen. We picked it. Um, even in the nation's capital, the Niners look very good. They bounced back from that Ravens loss. Purdy, two touchdowns, one to Ayuk, who had a good game himself. Howell, Howell got the start. So something um, I, we, I was... Trying, I try not to lie to you people when we do this podcast, and I think I said Brissett was getting the start because I read somewhere right after Brissett relieved Hal for the second straight week that the commanders were going to name him starting quarterback. And then at some point in the week, they go, no, it's going to be Sam Hal." And not only that, Jacoby Brissett, emergency third-string quarterback. After coming in off the bench for two weeks, now he's not even going to be available for that interesting so sam howell gets to start one touchdown throws two interceptions the niners have just a 13 10 lead at the half and then we know what happens from there the commander score no more points and the niners with that eagles loss and we already discussed clinch the number one seed they already have the bye week the nfc is going through san francisco for now for now it is well, but somebody's got to win there. That's what it means. Yeah, I also don't. I really don't want to face San Francisco again. <laughs> I I hope somebody just gets fucking weird with them. I hope that the it's honestly the fucking Rams. I hope it's the Rams. I hope the Rams just walk in there and fuck shit up. Uh, what, completely throw the NFC playoffs on what's, their heads. What is the San Francisco 49ers Achilles heel right now? What is the way to beat the Niners if you got to go through San Francisco? If you can't play them on the road anymore. Do you know it? Uh, a quality rushing quarterback. I mean, okay. if you if you look at what if you look at what the Baltimore Ravens were able to do to them, yeah, and you look at what they did to Jalen Hurts, they had a guy. I mean, honestly, 
their kryptonite would be a Patrick Mahomes type with better receivers. You know, their mm-hmm. kryptonite would be a uh, Lamar Jackson. So basically their kryptonite is an elite MVP caliber quarterback, which uh, maybe that could be Dak. Maybe, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, Dak has to be feeling himself completely in order for something like that to happen. So there's an off chance that maybe their, their best chance to lose is the Cowboys. Um, because nobody else in the NFC, save for the Rams, who seem to always play them weird, um, yeah, I think that's probably your best bet. Is yeah, either a team that knows them very well, like a divisional opponent, or a very mobile quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah, they. I, I, I feel hurt to say like it's it's kind of comes down to like staying healthy, keeping the big uh, names on the field because oh, we've yeah. seen what happens with the Niners if one or two of those big guys go out. But other than that, I'm having a hard time like figuring out if there's any NFC team that can yeah throw the what's needed to beat these Niners at them now, especially now that you got to do it in their stadium. So yeah, you're praying for injury. That's what you're <laughs> just hoping for injury. That's what's you know, fucking and, weird. And you don't want to. You don't want to. But it's been a long season, and you've seen from other teams what that does to them, and you've seen from the oh, Niners yeah. in the middle of the year what that did to them. So, all right, the Rams at 49ers. Here we are at a discussion time when it comes to picks here for next week, Dan. Um, we split in our picks last week. We we did quite well in our picks, but we both you and me only picked different on two games, and we split those. So I'm still ahead of you by five games. And if you want to catch up with me, there's a handful of them where in this one where I think you can do it because at this moment I have no idea who to pick because I have no idea who's going to play. Mm-hmm. That's a little unfair at this point. So I hate to leave anything up for chance here out to dry, but right now I know Chris McCaffrey's out of this game. He's yes. not playing. And I think in a game where they need it to, he'd be in. So that's already kind of tipping my hand on what maybe the Niners might need to do here. Listen, they clinch the one seed. They can sit back and rest. That's a long rest. Um, and we've seen teams get, quote, unquote, rusty. But the Niners are also a team that's you know been banged up. So I'd like to see who all is playing uh, because the, even the Rams are kind of in a spot where they're set too. They, yeah, they're they, clinched. They clinched their wild card spot. It's either the sixth or the technically they could follow the seventh seed. But since they don't know that matchup at all, it's hardly worth f- them fighting a bunch too. So if everybody's resting here, that's that makes it really a coin flip. If one team's not and the other team is, I'd like to know that. So that's where I'm at on this game right now. I have a hard time picking it um, currently not knowing who's playing, Dan. Oh, just pick it. <laughs> Do you want just me to? Just pick it and be wrong. Yeah, I know, because that would be what would happen, and I've lost so many uh, pick we- seasons that way. Don't be a protectionist. Last... Don't be a pick protectionist. <laughs> I know. I've been I don't on want the to. limb. I've made bold predictions that have bitten me in the ass. That's fair. That's Live fair. boldly, friend. I can I can throw out, though, like the if these guys don't play. Nope. Not this week, baby. <laughs> it's week 18. Oh. Take your shots. Win or Fine. lose. All right, fine. It's for the show. There's nothing on the line. Um, I, I had no idea in these. All right. I think both teams have not much to play for, so they both will not throw everybody at them or both not throw everything. I'll give me the Niners. I was actually going to take the Rams anyway, so that's good. I, I think you have players, uh, rookie players like Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, that are really looking to kind True. of make a push. Um, I think those are the guys that are motivated. I think the Niners are like, hey, we're going to throttle the fuck back. I think the Rams really want to win like this, especially to end a, a season with a 10-win season. feels so much better than nine wins, so I'm going to take the Rams here. Okay. 
Um, yeah, there's like three games like that this week. I hate it. All right, here we are, Dan. Your Cowboys beat the Lions 20-19 to on Saturday night. Uh, so everybody got to see it. Um, Goff had two interceptions. St. Brown, though, over 100 yards from scrimmage again. He's very uh, good. Hutchinson had himself a, a game, three sacks in the backfield a lot. But on the other side, Prescott had 345 yards passing, and a majority of that, the C.D. Lamb, 232 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, um, a game that was just Cowboys up 7-3 at the half, led to uh, the late interception into a field goal, 13 to 20 with a minute 41 left Cowboys lead. Um, just enough time though for the Lions to go down there because of some interesting choices on throwing the ball instead of running it by the Cowboys. Left some time on the clock. Uh, we have that argument here at the end. Who, who quite did report as eligible, Dan? So the NFL released a great uh, video recently talking about why the Lions fucked around and found out. <laughs> Basically, the NFL is saying the Lions attempted to be duplicitous. It was a trick play, but instead of being like a trick play where in play there's misdirection, they tried to do pre-play misdirection. Yeah. Um, and that sort of shit bit them in the ass. Now, this goes two ways, right? They said out loud, 70 is eligible. Right. Announced it over a fucking loudspeaker. So if they say that, you know who's blameless in this situation? The fucking Cowboys, right? Because the Cowboys are like, oh, 70's eligible again, which is what the Lions wanted you to think. The problem is when 70 comes into the game and does this, does like a weird little motion, right? He's basically declaring himself eligible. Plus, it wasn't as though multiple guys came in and declared themselves eligible. Part of the rules, as I understood it, was some guys actually can't... Like, you can't have guys that are on the field already declare themselves eligible. It has to be a guy coming in from the sideline that declares himself eligible. Okay. See, even that I'm learning right now. This... what? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. So <laughs> I've there's, got stuff. There was just a ton of gamesmanship in that moment, yep. right? And then, obviously, it's... They get the ball. It's Taylor Decker catches a great one. But the Cowboys weren't covering him because he wasn't eligible. He wasn't announced right. as eligible. Okay, yeah. Now they say, okay, you know, no play, move back five yards. Dan Campbell chooses, chooses. to go for it again. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a spot where you can be like, hey, you know what? We're going to take the kick here. Fuck you. Fuck the NFL. We're, I'm, I'm going to talk to your bosses about this later. Instead, he decides to put himself in an unenviable position and go for it again from the fucking eight. The Cowboys have an encroachment. Then he goes for it again from the four, and he's two <laughs> yards shy. Yeah. So it's like, dude, just take the fucking hint. Kick the field goal. Like, just take kick the, the extra point. It would have been overtime from there. Okay, so I completely agree with the way you said it and what the NFL is trying to say. I watched the the 22 shot where you do see, like, both offensive linemen run up to the ref. and the All ref three. Run off. Yeah, there's, like, three guys up there at a point. Taylor um, Decker, Penny Sewell, and uh, Mr. What the fuck was his name? Who was 70? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. At this point, though, he uh, they all come up there and do it, and the ref runs over there, and I do hear them say 70 over the loudspeaker. At that point, you're probably assuming you're fucked if you're the Lions because that's can't 
that means the play that I have set up isn't going to work because they only said 70s eligible. Unless the plan was, uh, I thought initially, like, can you make two players eligible? And then, like, even that I had to find out. Like, I think the uh, um, Campbell said in his press conference, you can't make two guys eligible at, in the same play. So you have to pick who you're making eligible in that aspect or something. So they couldn't say, like, both of these offensive linemen are eligible, so we'll just see which one the Cowboys guard and then the other guy will be open kind of thing. I Yeah, the way the reason why they, they say it out loud on the loudspeaker on who went eligible and that they didn't say the guy who caught the ball, that's the problem of the flag. Um, the biggest issue, not only that we're taking this long to talk about a, a call in an NFL game, but I... I watched this after the fact because um, I I had to see it again. And when you're watching the, the, the highlight in real time and you know that they throw a flag, the seconds that go by of the Lions celebrating and you think about the amount of people in, in Detroit bars and in their homes and stuff on a Saturday night before New Year's weekend stuff celebrating, before they realized and had to throw that flag, an embarrassingly long amount of time went by. And that is a, it's a, it's forever in sports, forever. It hurts. It's, it honestly should have been thrown immediately. Like if you know that that shit's happening, like yeah. just throw the fucking flag immediately and be like, this motherfucker was not the eligible receiver. It we, seemed like they talked about it. This, we're going to parse this forever, right? But as a Cowboys fan, it I will be. tell you this. <laughs> on the On the possession prior to that, we got called for a 15-yard penalty for tripping. Yeah, the tripping call was, yeah. That was a phantom too. call. Or it was Completely like, should have been on Detroit even, yeah. It should have been Detroit. It should have been on Agent Hutchinson. It should have yep. been a first down. It should have basically ended the fucking game. Yeah, That's what and, it should have done. Instead, that was not the case. Because you got to remember, we got the ball at the Detroit 29, right? That's yeah. on the edge of field goal range. That's a tough kick, right? And we ran it. And then there's a penalty on us, pushing us back 15 yards, pushing us back to the Detroit 44. They start throwing it and saving the clock, and completely oh, changes, completely yeah. changes oh, the complexity of the game. So, so yeah, it, it's it, it was bad officiating. I'll grant you yes. that. Bad officiating. Where, and whereas the officials, they're getting downgraded here for the playoffs, and they will be in the Saturday game in Baltimore this week. So fun. <laughs> so, well, here's the funny thing, man. Like, they're getting downgraded because they didn't call a clean game. They haven't called a lot of clean games all year. Yeah. But to say that, like, the fix was in, when they called that phantom tripping call, I was like, oh, my God, the fix is in. They want Detroit to win this shit. Mm. So, you know, it's the old expression, like, you know you've had a, you know, you know the deal is fair when you're both mad about it. Sure. You know, like, yeah, sure. Cowboys fans were fucking furious at a bad call. And now Lions fans are furious at what they believe is a bad call. The Lions call might actually be, by the book, true. The Cowboys shit just didn't make any sense. So the Cowboys deserve to win this game. Don't, I mean, I, I would say no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Detroit should feel good. Like, if anything, this is a good thing for Detroit because they get to be fucking butthurt. They get to be angry. They get to be a mean team uh, for the next couple of weeks and go in <laughs> uh, here. Yeah, and fun. honestly, the best they were going to do, the best they were going to do is the number two seed. It's not like the number one yeah. seed was open and available to them. So if anything, they switch between two and three, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's basically what this game did. And as a Cowboys fan, fucking gives me the lead into a, a division win. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm stoked. So yeah, the, I, and you're right that the game finishes with him getting two more chances at a two point conversion where he keeps trying it and doesn't get it. 
Just they go it. for it in the first half on a fourth and goal at like the six. And I thought that was just too far in a fourth down to, to go for it too. So, and that's how the Lions and Dan Campbell's played all year. So you win and die with those decisions. And and the Cowboys had a, a touchback. CD fumbled it into the end zone. That would have been yeah. a seven or that would have been like Man, a fucking that, fourteen yeah. point swing. Welcome to the, the the rule of the yeah the fumble down the pylon. You know everyone loves it. Uh, but CD Lamb also has the Cowboys wide receiver record uh, for yards in a season. God damn! And I know and this is before week eighteen, so not even the extra. It's week. valid, fully yeah. valid. No asterisks. Uh, on this one for early in so. that. Um, all right, so let's let's continue on. We've given it, I think, the best we can here. The Lions uh, and Cowboys may meet again. You know, they're both in. Uh, the Cowboys this week, though, will be meeting the Commanders on the road. Uh, again, we know a win, and they win the NFC East and qu- clinch a two seed. Uh, the Commanders are in the race for the second overall pick, technically here. So uh, all the more reason for them not to win. So, uh, yeah, give me Cowboys on the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know we don't do great on the road, but, yeah, Washington is, does not want this game. Yep. You know, maybe – and, like, it's not like they're like, hey, Riverboat Ron's retiring. Uh, we got to win one for the Gipper. They don't give a shit. Like, nobody <laughs> in, in Washington gives a shit. Ron Rivera is going to get quietly fired at the end of the season. They get to overhaul. Sam Howell's going to lose opportunity. He might go buck wild in this game. He did it to us last year, so it is possible. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys cannot let this opportunity slip through the graphs. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, no, you, all the stars will be out there. Jimmy wants to wear the, the NFC East hats on the sidelines in oh, yeah. in Washington. Oh, you dude, know, can he, I tell you, during that halftime, so th- this is one of the few, like, times they actually broadcast a Ring of Honor entry. Yeah. <laughs> My wife looked at me in the middle of it. She goes, are you crying? And oh, I was no. like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I these were my heroes. These were my heroes. All right. Yeah, I'm crying. It's the end. It's the whole thing. I, there's nothing else. There's nothing left. They're all in now. And it was true. This was the last holdout. Like nobody else from that That's what time. Aikman was saying. He's like, the circle's now complete. It's like, okay, yeah, this is. Sickening. I mean, technically, like, Larry <laughs> Allen's going to go in, but he didn't win all three. Oh, you know? there it is. So, yeah. yeah, it's different. It's just different. It's like the guys that needed to be in there from those three teams, they're now in it. Like they're. Yeah, it's fucking nice. And, yeah, I I teared up. I teared up watching Jimmy Johnson. I also teared up watching Jimmy Johnson get the notification he was going into the Hall of Fame. The oh, dude's been well, on a real weepy streak. It's been great. Yeah, the the notification of Jimmy Johnson going in is still down as one of the best ones. So, yeah. If people haven't seen that one, look that up. That's fun. Oh, it's awesome. We got one more game here to discuss in the NFC before uh, taking a rest and then discussing the AFC. Um, the, and I wanted to be in the South because we gotta, you gotta spend some time in the South. They're going to spend a little time in the playoffs. Yuck. The Saints beating the Buccaneers in Tampa muddied up that water a little bit more down there. Uh, car two touchdowns, their kicker, uh, group had three for three in field goals. I mean, Baker Mayfield, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. And this game was 17, nothing. Saints at the half. There was a real random, Baker Mayfield game. <laughs> yeah, there was a a wild chance there where the Saint the Buccaneers could have made it like an eight point game, but they called back the two point conversion, and then it was over. So uh, Saints, yeah, win it on the road where Tampa could have clinched the division, and wrap this thing up. Um, instead, Saints still alive, and that's that's what we found out. Yeah, really fired the cannons into their own dick here uh, mm. in Tampa Bay. Kind of a bummer for them. But, yeah, the Saints, man, 
fucking shocking. Um, Derek Carr has been at times middling, at times a lot of fun. Uh, this just happened to be one of those times when he was a lot of fun during mm-hmm. the game. And, uh, you know, they got the run game going a little bit with Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. They got a one-two punch uh, that was really nice. And I, I feel like Tampa was kind of surprised by it. Except and, didn't Kamara go limping off there at the end? He did. He did. But it was still a one-two punch, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought, because I think they wanted to flip the carries. I think they wanted 20 for Kamara and 10 for Williams, but near the end of the game, they're like, just fucking go. Just, mm-hmm. you know, run this thing out. Um, yeah, I mean, watching the Buccaneers, man, I mean, they still have a lot of talent. Like, there really is. Like, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like, there is a lot of talent on that offense, and their defense plays pretty hard every game. Like, Antoine yeah. Winfield, Vita Vea, there's good dudes. Um, there's an outside chance. Worried. Oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. I'd be a little worried about the Buccaneers in the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Okay, and I was going to say, there's an outside chance that this was just like a little slip-up of a team that really knows them, the Saints, um, for Tampa, because they're in the best situation to still take go into the playoffs, and if they do pick this up and, and start playing everybody as good as they can play and when Mayfield plays his best, then yeah, maybe they could do some upsetting. I mean, if they get in, they probably have a home game here, so... There's this oh, yeah. random outside chance that Tampa's got a wild card, or, or there is an, a South team that ends up with a wild card. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it would get weird, yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that works. But, um, yeah, like I said, Kamara went out with the injury. I don't know how that's going to affect this this game for the Saints coming up. Tampa's in a good situation themselves, though, and uh, that's going to be where we'll leave the NFC for now. We'll come back with a long two-minute no offense and then discuss the AFC playoff picture. For uh, There's even more spots available over there, so we got to figure out what those are. Uh, hold on right where you're at, uh, grab a refreshment, and return with us when we come back here at The Push-Off. Returned to join the quickest segment that the any NFL podcast offers, and that is our favorite because it's time to move on. Uh, it is the two-minute. No offense, because no offense, but uh, perhaps you played a a pretty shit game there in Tennessee. But we still like your head coach. Uh, we just don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk shit. Um, or maybe you're uh, Denver and the Chargers, and we don't fucking care, and no one does. But, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to these uh, next couple games and speeding right through them. Yeah, there's some now that uh, can be wrapped up fine uh, and uh, in quick fashion because so have the seasons. So let's wrap them up, Dan. True. Uh, yeah, here we go. Yep. The Texans beating the Titans. We brought it up 26-3. to Levis got the start in this one. Gets knocked out. So Tannehill, the completion. Stroud was back. Stayed healthy. 
Uh, a lot of field goals from Fairbairn. Texas defense looked good with six sacks. Um, they controlled this one, 20-3 at the half. They controlled it. D'Amico Ryans is the coach of the year, in my opinion, if the Houston Texans make the playoffs. That's an amazing turnaround from the number two pick. Okay. Um, the Bears win in the snowy game in uh, at, versus Atlanta, 37-17. to uh, Heineke with the start and threw three interceptions, ran touchdown in, and then Ritter came in some too. We're just playing uh, musical chairs with quarterbacks in Atlanta. Fields getting chance from the sidelines. We want Fields. They want him uh, to stick there, even though the uh, Bears have clinched that number one seed from the Panthers, eliminated from the playoffs themselves in this one, even though they won it. So it's it's a fine way to exit for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, good for Chicago. I mean, we talked about it. I think Eberflus keeps his job. I think he definitely keeps his job if they win one uh, this week. Yeah. There's no way they let him go at 8-9, and nine, uh, maybe 7-10, and 10, but I still think he holds on to it. Uh, they're in a very interesting situation here for the play, uh, for the draft time. Um, Panthers shut out by the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, things were getting rough for the Jaguars there, but uh, Bethard with the start. They uh, they take care of business. The Jaguars D was six sacks. McMahon is four for four field goals, uh, but they did lose Agnew with a leg fracture. He's done for the season. That's a tough loss, honestly. Like the Jaguars didn't need to lose any more skill position players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Panthers are fucking awful, and their owner's a dickhead. Worst, worst yeah, uh, record in the league, and their Panthers owner gets a $300,000 fine. The billionaire fine $300,000 for throwing a drink on a fan. Deserves it. Fuck him. Yeah. All right, the Broncos beat the Chargers. This is the one I got Ooh. over Dan. 16-9. to nine. Uh, A lot of field goals. Stidham started. We talked about all that stuff, and the Broncos uh, survived a bad Chargers team. 16-9. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Jarrett Stidham, dude. It, like yeah. The Broncos are might have a winning record at the end of the season, and nobody gives a shit. I like, know. They're just so miserable about it. Like After last year, even being 8-8, eight and eight, uh, they're just so fucking miserable, and how do you move forward? Los Angeles has a chance to completely retool. I think 5-12 uh, and 12 would be a great record for them. They get a top-eight pick, probably get themselves another w- nice little wide receiver to move on from Keenan Allen after he's a salary cap casualty. I guess. And then finally, um, oh, are we out of time? All right, we Packers, are all the time. Packers 33, Vikings 10. All right, let's talk about the other scene. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it is. In Did you want to talk about it? It is in the two minute, no offense, though, uh, for rightfully uh, so, but we do, we must. Um, Jordan loved, great, looked great. Three touchdowns and ran one in. That's four total. Aaron Jones, um, some guy named Melton for the Packers, over 100 yards and a touchdown. A lot of first guys for Packers getting stuff done. Um, we said Jaron Hall getting the start in this one. He had an interception, a fumble, and gets benched at halftime. For Nick Mullins to come back in, throw the only touchdown the Vikings had. I mean, this thing was 23-3 at Packers at the half. So all Packers through that one. Yeah, this was uh, this was out of hand quickly. But, I mean, you guys are a quarterback away. Honestly, you're a quarterback <laughs> away. I I really see Kirk re-signing. I would be shocked if he did not. Yeah. Uh, but you guys got a bit of a salary cap situation as well. We do. Um You've got to sign JJ, and that's however oh, yeah. much it is, and for as long as it is. And then JJ decides who throws him the ball. In my mind, and if he wants Kirk back for one, two years, okay, that's fine. Kirk chains, baby. Too. Kirk chains. This, yeah, this, the end of this season. I mean, and I'm gonna take. Okay, let's take a moment. The first game up is Vikings Lions, anyways, to do the pick, uh, to to bury these Vikings. Um, I know technically they're the um, playoff chances are. There's a hint there. 
And we'll talk, hey, if it falls in that way, fine, we'll talk about that, but no. Um, this is probably my last chance to talk about uh, the Vikings because next week will probably be another two-minute no offense because um, it's a new start of these games. So um, I think, yeah, this season was a, I thought it was lost a whole lot sooner than it was. Um, the Josh Dobbs and the five-game win streak in the middle of it was a surprise and a, and a nice treat, and you got to enjoy those because none of these last seasons where you're probably going to have like a losing record. Dang, if you get a five-game winning streak, you know, and you're not enjoying that, what are you doing? So oh, I did, and that was that was fun, even though it was a, a wild one filled with kind of like this hopeless uh, random thing of backup QBs. <laughs> but it does, from that on, you're like, oh, wow, there, there's a whole more uh, like – you, the the trust you had and the and the um feeling for for when Kirk was there every week I knew I was gonna miss it and finally we did so if JJ that's what he wants and Kirk too you know they need to know that we need to field the full team after the two of them so they can't take us to the bank but that's that's where I assume we'll we'll go from here for the offense you're gonna free up a lot of money uh you know you got Brian O'Neill he could get a little skinnier on his deal Harrison Smith might not be back yeah he's uh, probably retiring. You know, TJ Hawkinson's going to get you some salary cap relief as well. Um, you know, there's there's money to be moved around. Um, really, the big one is the dead cap for Kirk Cousins at almost $29 million. Um, so I think it just makes sense to extend Kirk, like both financially and emotionally. Like everybody in Minnesota, the, perhaps the highlight of that game was a shirtless Kirk O'Chains kicking yes. the thing off. And then yes. after that, it was for straight Vikings, downhill. It, for the Vikings, it sure was. Um, is... Isn't he available to speak to anybody? Isn't he unrestricted free agent? Yeah, he'll, he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, so he does not have to listen to us. So you're right. I think it's within Vikings' best interest, especially the money they have on the line for the guy to have him back. So we'll see if that's what he wants. Um, you know, old QBs aren't as old as they once were. Um, Vikings at Lions, though. The Lions still can finish with the two seed, but what does that mean right now? It's all a matchup kind of thing for them, so they don't have to play everybody either. And like I said, the Vikings can get into if they win and the Packers and the Seahawks and the Saints lose. <laughs> I think that's everybody. <laughs> uh, there might be another one actually in there. Uh, it's tough. There's something with the Buccaneers. But anyways, it, it won't matter even in this situation. I, I feel the Lions will take care of business because it's in Detroit and uh, uh, like you said, Dan, they're going to be a little pissed off after last week. So the Lions and Dan Campbell will play a lot of starters and will want to win, and they will. Got to watch all your kneecaps. They're going to get num-numbed. Yep. Um, because I just need to come back uh, in these picks, fuck it, I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. Uh, just to get weird, you know. <laughs> That's really it. I, I also think the Lions are going to win, but I'm going to take <laughs> the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. I get it. That's where we'll go here for this one. That's um, also what the Vikings do is they fuck up their draft position by making like a late a late win here. Right. Um, and it's what, yeah, there could be a big old difference there, but I don't know, 12th, whatever. You can't draft picks, stuff like that. I'm not going to worry too much about that because you got to make the right picks too. And this uh, uh, front office hasn't proven that yet. So Pukunakua, Kyron Williams, both fifth-round draft picks. So right, you yeah. You never know. It can be done. Um, Bears at Packers. That's the other one for the NFC North uh, to wrap up the season. Uh, obviously, the Packers currently hold the seventh seed win, and they're in playoffs with a win in the Rams loss. They can even move up to a sixth seed, but you know we're talking whatever there. 
Um, oh man, would it not be fun for the Bears to to knock off the Packers? Um, but I don't think they'll be able to do this. I, I th- I'm ready for a fun one, but the Packers looked very good, and I think Jordan Love has looked very good over the past few weeks. You know, the tight game in Carolina wasn't his fault. It was he, they put up 30 plus points, so. Uh, I think the Packers' offense put up enough points to beat the Bears in Green Bay. I am actually going to take uh, the Chicago Bears to oh, yeah. end this season at 8-9 and nine and really complicate things at the quarterback position where you say, hey, maybe we move on from this Caleb Williams thing. Maybe New England wants to give up some some shit. Yeah. You know, maybe Washington will give us a you know their pick in like a third or fourth rounder and we just move back a spot. You know, this just it opens up so many opportunities for the Bears if they feel good about their quarterback. Um, yeah, because the they've already made notice that the the Cardinals are like, hey, we're gonna stick with we're gonna stick with Kyler Murray. Like that's the way we're gonna go. Yeah. So you know, it it does change the market for QBs and a team like you know, obviously the Chargers aren't gonna move up. Tennessee's probably not gonna move up. Uh, the New York uh, Jets are not going to move up. Atlanta could move up, especially with a loss here at the end. They might be in the top eight. Um, so, yeah, I think it could get real fucking weird here, man. It could. It could be a lot of fun. Uh, the Bears fans chanting that they wanted fields. Uh, the reports coming out that, you know, players are backing them and stuff like that makes it a very tough that if fields plays anything well, you know, it, it, they don't have to win. It just doesn't have to be his fault that they lose in Green Bay. Then it's going to be very tough for the Bears to to set something up in the offseason to move on from him, I think. At if this you're point. the Bears and and this kid comes out and Fields absolutely takes a shit on the Packers to knock them out of the playoffs, right? you can't move on from him. Right. You're like, this guy's a Packer killer. I don't know what to tell you. If he shits the bed against the Packers, you're like, hey, guys, that's our arch rival, and he didn't comport himself. I think we might need to move on from this. So it really does, like, it changes the narrative tremendously for the Bears. Whatever decision they want to make, yeah. you know, it puts pressure, positive or negative. I'm just grinning that the, the good thing was that he takes the shit on the Packers. The bad thing was the shit on the bed. Either way, he's out there taking shits. <laughs> he's got very loose bowels and loose hips. That's, that's the way he likes to play. Uh, to stay on target here also, Buccaneers and Panthers. we got more games to pick. Uh, Buccaneers win and clinch the division. Can also get the last wild card with other options in there too. Um, Panthers are so bad, you know. So Tampa, I don't. Th- I think you're going to fix this, and I think the Buccaneers win and get in. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking a lot opposite you, uh, but I'm going to fire the cannons. Firing cannons. I, I, I can't even do it with the full accent because I just, you know. Yeah, Buccaneers, it's just that. Yeah, it's just you're going to beat the Panthers. <laughs> Stop hitting them. They're already dead. And then to wrap up the NFC, the South, the NFC South is uh, Falcons at Saints. The winner of this game can clinch the NFC South still if the Buccaneers lose. So even the Falcons can still get in. Um, but I th- so I and are all of these being played at noon? Uh, those are all noon games. Yeah. So the all at the same at yeah NFC South all at the same time at noon. So Falcons and Saints will have something to both be playing for at that point. Um, Kamara's health is a little question for me, but I am going to take the Saints because it's in New Orleans. I'm going to take the Falcons because it's the weirdest fucking choice that the Falcons at eight and nine um, could wind up having a conversation about yeah. uh, whether or not they make the playoffs, and maybe that saves you know Arthur Smith's job, but I don't think it would. Um, but the Falcons still very talented offensively, so I'm going to take the Falcons on the road just to make shit weird. 
I guess. I don't know. I don't trust these Falcons ever. Oh, um, neither do I. That's why I'm taking them. <laughs> yeah. That's that week 18. I get it. All right. Also, oh, let's pick Jaguars at Titans. Why not? Let's get a head start on the AFC. Uh, the Jaguars win, and they clinch the AFC South, yet they're still in the best situation just to wrap that up, even with all the mess that they've had lately. And since they're going into Tennessee and they're super banged up themselves, I think the Jaguars take care of business. I think the Jaguars win it on the road. The Jaguars have to um, because the Texans and the Colts are going to play each other on Saturday night. Right. And so you know with a loss, you lose your uh, division. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jaguars are playing for everything. Uh, the Titans are, you know, kind of adjusting for draft picks and, you know, seeing what they got in some rookie guys. And that's the weird thing, too, is that the Texans and Colts, you know, unless they straight up tie, the Jaguars will know that, you know, obviously one of them is going to win, so you got to do something about it. But uh, they ha- still have that one Saturday night, which is fun because I do want to see that one, so I'm glad it stands alone. Oh, yeah. Bengals lost to the Chiefs, um, seventeen to twenty-five. Still made it a fun one. Um, I don't know if that makes it uh, more worried if you're the Chiefs, but the Bengals haven't been uh, rolling over and playing dead for everybody. Uh, really, they 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 put on a good game, so that this one was close was probably fine for the Chiefs. But it was a Bengals lead at the half, seventeen to thirteen. Uh, Mahomes got stuff going with Pacheco and Rice. Rasheed Rice had a good game. Bud Curse had to kick six field goals, though, for the Chiefs to win this one uh, and clinch the AFC West. This does not make you feel real good as a Chiefs fan. That's what I was trying to figure out. You know, it's like if you're a Bengals fan, you say, hey, look, we got Jake Browning. You feel really good going into next year with him as your backup. You know, he's he's comported himself well. He hasn't, he's had some highs and lows, but that's a backup quarterback behind Joe Cool. Yeah. For the Chiefs, you're looking around going, what the fuck do we do? Like, if Isaiah Pacheco's not running the ball, we have no run game. And Rasheed Rice is your fucking number one, number two, and number three target? Because it just seems like they're absolutely covering Travis Kelsey on every single play now. Yeah. You know, it seems like they're taking away his option routes. He's had a real downslope. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't feel good if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. That being said, they're very dangerous. There are players on that team that can just go Super Saiyan every once in a while and just go crazy. So I don't want to play in Kansas City. You're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think this was more of an emotional win for the Bengals. And, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs, you get the W, but you don't feel good about it. No. Um, and I think because of that, that we're going to see a lot of starters still for the Chiefs, even though they have nothing to play for. They have clinched the number three seed uh, already. We already know yep. that that's the Chiefs' spot. Um, the Bengals eliminated from the playoffs. They don't even have an option to get in this week. Um, and the Chiefs are playing in L.A., the Chargers who have been out for a while. Um, and, you know, playing with Easton Stick there at QB. So I think the <laughs> Chiefs still take care of business with nothing to play for here in this one. And I'm going to say that this is the first time in a long time they've uh, they've needed an opportunity to rest people. So I think you're going to see, you know, half game maybe my Mahomes and Chargers will pull this one out. It's, it's week 18, man. It's going to get I crazy. Know, I know. Picking and the it, Chargers at home because of it. If it's a something like that and that's how you catch up with me, a five-game one, then, you know, we all know <laughs> that it doesn't really count and I should have been uh, what the, the, fuck? the trophy in the I'm crown. sorry. You play <laughs> to win the yeah. game. When it's down to one or two, decisions. this is ridiculous. All right, anyways, okay. So, yeah, you're taking Chargers. All right. <laughs> 
You're going to be so mad when I do this. Oh, if it does, I will. I will be livid. You're All right. Be furious. It's going to be great. Let's quickly talk about last Thursday. The Browns beat the Jets 37 to 20. Um, Jets find a way to get points, but the Browns, man, getting a lot of points with Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco kind of hitting us uh, a stride here uh, um, and, and feeling great as the old man is. Well, um, he had a bedtime after the first half. He went sleepy time. Yeah, that, that Joe Flacco just disappeared on the sidelines too, like with his eyes closed. That's true. It was thirty-four to seventeen at the half, so that's true. He didn't. They did not do a whole lot in the second half, but neither team did. Only three field goals. If you watch the highlights of this game, they I think it's like two plays in the second half. Then it's immediately like, all right, we're taking a knee. Good night, everybody. Yeah, it was it was over. It felt really bad, but. Yeah, David and Joku just fucking absolutely yeah. dicing people up, being like, "I'm a weapon." Told y'all. Both Told teams had a, a team with a, a player with a pick six too. That was fun. That's um, crazy. So the, the Jets get eliminated in this one, and the Browns clinch themselves the playoffs on Thursday. So Cleveland, you got to enjoy a, a nice long weekend there and a New Year's already knowing that your Browns are in the playoffs. That had to have been fun. Oh, I mean, it's a rare treat for Cleveland to be in the playoffs and. You know, to have Joe Flacco do it, a guy, a veteran QB who's won himself a Super Bowl already. Yeah. I'm not saying the Browns have a great chance because they they are defense first, but Joe Flacco sitting back there just, you know, slinging rocks. Who knows, man? Who knows? It's a puncher's chance. Yep. Um, all right, so we're finally in another one of these games that I hate to pick. Browns at Bengals. There is nothing. There's nothing on the line at this game either. The Browns are in the playoffs, and they have clinched the five seed. Of the they are the top wild card. No matter what, they will play the top AFC team, or no, excuse me, second seed AFC team, not the Ravens, but whoever is second there as division leaders. So, who's all playing for the Browns? I I I, I don't know. Let's. I'm gonna quickly look. Will Kevin Stefanski rest Joe Flacco? They they're asking the questions. Nobody really knows. Oh, unofficial depth chart. Sorry, I'm picking this up here late, Dan. I can tell you what's going to happen already. You're going to pick the Browns, and I'm going to pick the Bengals. I don't know. I feel like I wanted the Bengals in this one, technically, because oh. I think the the Browns can – I mean, it's in Cincy. The Bengals will still play just about everybody they've been playing. I Maybe Chase doesn't play. I mean, why would you not – I think you'd want to rest the old man. Flacco and stuff. I mean, he's pretty rested for the first half of the season, so. Sure, but he's already played a lot. I mean, he's thrown a lot of passes here. So indecisive. I am. I hate this game. I've been leaning <laughs> for this one, Bengals, because I just think the Browns have absolutely no reason to roll guys out there that they need. You know? Mari Cooper didn't even play last week. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. me Bengals. Give me Bengals, because I don't think the Browns will try. So I know I've been picking opposite you. Uh, just to fuck with you. I'm also going to pick the Bengals here. How? Um, because I think Jake Browning and uh, T. Higgins are auditioning for their next team or auditioning yeah. for their next payday. I think you're going to see a Jake Browning, T. Higgins fireworks show. That's what I think is coming in this game. Well, pressure off me then at least that you're picking the same here because, yeah, I'm in another pick thing. I'll jump in here with my, you know, my family, and I'm only one game behind the lead in that, which is my mom and the guy who beat me last year. So, yeah. Looking to try to jump in there too, but I, these games are driving me nuts right now. Looking I'm actually, 
I'm not just randomly picking opposite you. There are legitimate reasons why I'm picking opposite you on some of these games. One or two have been to fuck with you, but okay. a lot of them are legitimate. I'm I'm genuinely picking. I think they'll they'll win. It, it's all working. Whatever you're doing, it's all working. <laughs> really, uh, really undermined your confidence right now here at the end of the season. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Bills win. They beat the Patriots twenty-seven to twenty-one. We both Close. picked it. Yeah, Bailey Zappi didn't do any help though with three interceptions and. Josh Allen had an interception himself, but he ran two touchdowns in. Um, other than that, though, like it was 14-20 bills at the half, and then they just kind of both teams fell each other out. They held, they held them off. They know each other so well. Belichick you know, wasn't going to let Diggs beat him and stuff like that. So he has to um, they have to do what they can. And you know, Two interceptions by Douglas for the Bills, that was a big thing for them. They, they hold on and they win it. Uh, Patriots lose and... and in the long run, probably best situation for him. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots have got to restart the quarterback position, whoever that may be. I'm sure they'd love Drake May because he's a lunch pail guy, you know. Um, <laughs> they'd love to restart the position, but um, there is an off chance Robert Kraft may take a chance here and trade up for Caleb Williams, but they've got to address the quarterback situation. Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, neither one is the answer. Both of these guys might be on different teams next year. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, Patriots just looking like junk right now. Patriots and also get the second overall pick. Now, the way that they get it, the second overall pick, is if they lose and Atlanta beats the Saints. If that happens, I guess it does not matter what happens with the Commanders because then the strength of schedule ends up that the Patriots is better because they already played the Saints. So... They, yeah, they've got a strength of schedule of uh, .518. Yeah, they've got they they have this random hope in here of if you're hoping as a patron to get the second overall pick, you're looking at the Atlanta and and New Orleans game too. Funny enough, um, love that little stuff. All right, and then uh, the Jets cut Dalvin Cook today, uh, so he can have a chance to maybe get picked up by somebody who might want some running back depth who's also going to the playoffs. Um, do you think that happens, Dan? Uh, I do. I would love to see the Patriots cut Zeke Elliott. Um, I would love to get an opportunity to kind of kick his tires in the playoffs here Um, because he's actually looked very spunky uh, here at the end of the season, and I don't know if they think they're going to get any compensatory picks for him in the offseason. They just have him for the one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the one year. Yeah, it's a one-year deal. So I I think this is what should happen. You should start to see veteran players – um, yeah. get cut near the end of us be like here get an opportunity go somewhere else man we don't need you we're not gonna yeah, nobody's gonna sign you and yeah. like give us a fourth or fifth round compensatory you're just gone yeah that's a good point yeah well so we'll see what happens with uh dalvin cook here that just happened today uh and then moving on to dolphins losing. did you pick did i not uh, jets and patriots nope jets and patriots sorry this game again does not mean a thing either uh Give me Jets. You're picking opposite random. So I not. <laughs> I was actually going into it thinking I'm picking the Patriots because Bill Belichick fucking hates the Jets. Sure. Fucking hates them. Hates them so much and also doesn't want to be saddled with a new project quarterback. Like, I think he's mad that they even drafted, that he drafted Mac Jones. I mean, if um, he'll even be there. <laughs> I think, he, I mean, he'll have the opportunity. Yeah. But I think, if anything, if it is going to be his last game with the Patriots, uh, a win against the New York Jets, I think, would just satisfy the man so and it's at home the jets are playing for nothing patriots are playing for nothing but to fuck with the jets and that's a strong emotion so i'm gonna go patriots at home all right all right we got one's different there too 
that's all up in the air. Well, that makes it fun. Um, all right, so we're we're all. Oh, leading. now it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's yeah, stressful fun. Um, we're all the way here, deep into the AFC, and we're finally talking about Ravens Dolphins. So a disappointment of a game, technically, because of just how good the Baltimore Ravens are playing right now. Putting up fifty six on the Dolphins to their nineteen. It was uh, twenty eight to thirteen Ravens at the half. So really, they were in control of this one most of the way. Tua did turn the ball over twice with two interceptions, but he had two touchdowns. Um, you know, no Mostert, so it was all HN. Jackson, though, five touchdowns, uh, 321. You know, we talked about he needed to, to earn the MVP status. Uh, after this one, Dan, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that Lamar Jackson is now the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian McCaffrey kind of having a couple down weeks uh, here at the end, having a very stacked San Francisco team. Like, there's Christian McCaffrey, there's Debo, there's Kittle, there's Trent Williams, there's Brock Purdy having a great year. If you look at the Ravens and you take out Lamar Jackson, are they a five-win team? Like, I know their defense is pretty good, but, like, yeah, if Tyler Huntley's the starter every single game, I don't know how good you feel about that. The Ravens dis-fucking-mantled these Dolphins. Dismantled them. The Dolphins are not a bad team, and they were fucking dismantled. The worst thing for the Dolphins is Bradley Chubb went down with an ACL injury. Yep. So, like, the Dolphins had been playing a fun Vic Fangio-style defense, and then to lose a guy like Chubb, it's just awful, man. It's just awful, and it really hurts the Dolphins' chances in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, we got Huntley even in here through a touchdown at the end. How about Isaiah Likely? He had that one-handed catch turning up field. Guys, like, just randomly were like, you'll get a little bit of playtime since Andrew's getting hurt. And sure enough, he stepped in nicely. Dude, um, Ravens tight ends, like, as a history. Like, yeah. Think about this. They've had Todd Heap, right? You, met, you remember Ed Dixon, mm-hmm. Dennis Pitta, These right? Solid guys. Shannon Sharp. They have <laughs> a strong tradition of top-end tight end play. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Skip. All right. Um, <laughs> skip. Skip. Uh, sorry, Stephen A. Uh, Steelers at Ravens. Uh, yet another one that who knows who's starting in this one. Other than that, we do know that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be starting uh, Mason Rudolph. And so not yes, yeah, sorry. I I know that you have the lead, and it is your right to pick first. Uh-huh. Would you like me to pick these? Because I actually do have salient decisions as to why. So you know, I'm not just fucking with you between the Steelers and Ravens one. I mean, yeah. I guess. I mean, it might encourage me to pick a certain way because I am on the fence with this one because I just don't know if it's a Huntley game or Lamar Jackson and, you know, if the Ravens are even going to care because they don't need to. Yeah. Do you want me to pick? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm taking Steelers. Okay. This I, I think the Ravens, as you're pointing out, they have nothing to play for except for some weird emotional win over the Steelers I think they'd rather see the best Steelers have to offer in terms of their plays in terms of their offense and just kind of play a base vanilla defense and a base vanilla offense and give the give Pittsburgh fucking nothing to see in live action it's the north thing too and I think that's the one thing that you got to worry about the Ravens we talked about the Achilles heel of the Niners and the Achilles heel of the Ravens might be just playing somebody from the AFC North like the <laughs> Browns true. roll in there and Joe Flacco they, there's going to be a little shock there Joe Flacco coming in there in a playoff game to play the Baltimore Ravens they're like just like please nobody but Joe Flacco <laughs> nobody wants that um 
the uh, the Steelers can clinch the playoffs with a win, and they need Jaguars loss or a Bills loss, and that's also saying there's no ties that happened, given that Texans and Colts game. So if no ties happen, they need one of those two things to happen, and that's a tough scenario for it to happen. So that's why we're getting Steelers and Ravens the first game of the weekend, but not on Thursday night, everybody. Uh, would you go and sit down? To turn on Amazon Thursday night. There's no game. Don't get confused. Um, but Saturday at three thirty. Let's go watch Reacher. It's good. Okay. Oh yeah, you like in the Reacher? All right. It's fun. Sa- um, sa- I, I saw they had the Dungeons and Dragons movie on there. Um, Ooh, also really fun. Yeah, they had the in Baltimore, <laughs> the Ravens playing the Steelers. I don't even know what channel that one will be on, but that's Saturday afternoon. It's on the Ocho ESPN eight. Yep. AS, ABC and ESPN. Uh so. Yeah, you already ticked the Steelers, and I think you're right because they have something to play for. Um, I was going to say Rudolph is the starting QB for this one, not Kenny Pickett, who is healthy. The report coming out here that Kenny Pickett even was healthy for the last game and wasn't happy that he wasn't going to get the start was a clean or it was a healthy scratch inactive. Then this week now he'll just be back up. Um, curious. I mean, yeah, the guy doesn't have the fucking pedigree to really be like, why am I not the starter? It's like, listen, man, they're playing the hot hand. That's what's yeah. going on. Like, if if you haven't established yourself as, like, a perennial starter, you just go with the hot hand, and Mason Rudolph's been hot. I get it. So, uh, Steelers with a chance, and um, they'll be playing like it, I guess, against Baltimore there. But, yeah, it's a tough game because if the Ravens are playing everybody, if they try, then they're a better team. But I think the Steelers got them, too. Oh, yeah. Bills at Dolphins is another game we can pick now. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a fun one. This is the the one that ends the weekend, Sunday night. Um, the, uh, the AFC East is on the line, and also the Bills could miss the playoffs completely too. <laughs> if they lose this game and the Steelers win it, and, quite again, nobody ties, Bills are not even in the playoffs. If the Bills win this game, second seed. This is nuts. So uh, Dolphins also can finish the second seed or the sixth seed themselves. Um, Because the Dolphins are in the playoffs and the Bills need to win to get in, well, technically the Bills could have this clinch too by the kickoff because they'll know by Sunday afternoon the the outlay of the the, the Steelers game. But it's still, it's for the East. That's a big big swing. Two or six. And I the Dolphins with this up and down and playing against good teams, and I just think the home field advantage is dissipated in January in Miami. So I like the Buffalo Bills to win this one. I'm picking the Bills to win it straight out. I'm right there with you, I, especially with the Chubb injury. It doesn't yeah. make the defense quite as sharp. Um, but now, the Dolphins can play with anybody. They could absolutely just fucking you know, have a track race and, and – boat race these fucking right bills out of there but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take the take the bills as well man i think they've been playing really sharp over the past month or two divisional game you, yeah you assume that the bills will know a lot of what the dolphins throw at them so hopefully they yeah the defense be ready but yeah these is two teams that have a lot of holes so we'll see it's gonna be a fun one to watch sunday night and that will end uh end the regular season and uh, to end our episode, just one more game. The Colts beat the Raiders 23-20. to We both picked it. We told you it was going to happen, you guys. Hopefully put some money on it, filled your pockets. Uh, Zaheer White filled in for Josh Jacobs again and does what Josh Jacobs did over 100 yards. 
Adams, 13 catches, 126 and two touchdowns. Um, hoping he gets out of there, I guess, after this year. Minshew, uh, though, had a nice game. Taylor got going and get kicked three field goals. So the Colts win this one just by three points, keep their playoff hopes alive. I still think Antonio Pierce should be the head coach moving forward. I mean, it's he just mm. seems like such a Raiders head coach. I mean, if you're the Raiders and you want to keep Devontae Adams, you want to keep some of these talented players, I think you're a decent free agent destination, you know. Um, and the only thing I think that would lose Antonio Pierce's chance is if, if you get a high-profile quarterback or a high-profile coordinator or high-profile head coach that's like, no, I want to bring one of my guys in. Um, I want to bring in like a Kirk Cousins type. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think the Raiders are going to have a nice little off season here, man. I think they've been they really righted the ship from a really really bad uh, beginning of the season. So good for them. NFL would love for the Raiders to have a couple of good seasons in there, especially since they just moved to Vegas. So we'll see how that all works out. But uh, yeah, given the burn of having a good interim head coach just prior. Yeah, do you go out and get another big name when that keeps failing on you? It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, they are playing at home this week against the Broncos. Broncos are Raiders. Both teams eliminated. Nothing on the line in this game. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, you're, these two teams were kind of playing that way the last few weeks. Give me the Raiders at home. I'm not really liking how the – I like the, the Raiders team in these games – lately more than the Broncos have, even though the Broncos won last week and the Raiders lost. <laughs> and this pick actually is to fuck with you. I'm going to pick opposite. All right. And that's possible. This one that it's just that kind of a weird game that it could go. Just a toss up here. So you got Broncos, I got Raiders. And then finally, mm-hmm. Texans Colts. This is the Saturday night kickoff game. We've been hinting at it for a while here. The winner is in the playoffs, clinches the playoffs in there. The winner can also clinch the AFC South if they uh, Jaguars lose at, on the road in um, Tennessee. So they'll be sitting there cheering for the Titans, which probably will feel gross. But uh, Texans-Colts <laughs> for you guys on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, fun one to check out on Saturday night, too. I can't wait for that one. I like the Houston Texans with the healthy C.J. Stroud in this one. I do, too. If I'm If I'm taking a legitimate pick here, I'm going with the Texans. Um, yeah, Stroud's been healthy. They don't have as many weapons as they did in the middle of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, at, at anything, you have to say the Colts had a, a victory of a year to even be this competitive uh, moving forward. But I'm still going to take the Texans and D'Amico Ryans to win Coach of the Year. All right. Well, there it is. All the games are picked. Uh, I am going to go ahead and put those exactly the way we picked them on this tape up and you know we'll just see how it falls for the next week and uh, if <laughs> if it does fall the way that uh, it has for me at sometimes in the past i'll throw my fit on tape next week that'd be fine that'd be just fine <laughs> it'd be um, fine it's super fun yeah uh, and uh, yeah so heading in from last week i'm ahead of dan by five games we'll see we'll see as the dust settles next week where we'll be and then we'll also be able to discuss the 2024 NFL playoff picture. Uh, I think last year we were at the point where we could like line up our picks and exactly what they'd be. They're so different now that that's futile. We'll just tell you guys this time next week exactly uh, what the games are and when they'll be played and stuff like that. And we'll we'll delve deep into them because it'll only be uh, 
six games for us to to take a look at uh, for yeah. the playoffs. That'd be fun. I'm also going to review all 17 previous weeks uh, to see oh. if I can scrounge up a win somewhere. You know, that maybe we missed. Yeah, there's got to be a few in there. We got a few. I'm desperate. I'm desperate. God damn it. Um, All right. Time to wrap this show up, Dan. uh, Thank you guys again so much for joining us this whole season for the Push Off Podcast. Uh, As we watch the regular season come to an end and you guys are watching your team play maybe your last snaps of the season, don't forget that we're going to be here all through the playoffs. We're going to discuss the Super Bowl. uh, And then, Dan, what comes after that? Scouting, baby. (laughs) My favorite time of the year. So we're going to have some fun stuff uh, as we continue. So subscribe. Tell your friends. This is the Push Off Podcast. All right, crazy stats, Dan, to wrap us up. You ready? Yep. All right. Um, Jordan Love threw 30 touchdowns this year. That's more than any Bears QB ever has. Oh, God. (laughs) Just to kind of dig that in. But, hey, they play this week. Prove them wrong, Bears. Come on. Um, Brock Purdy is the 49ers franchise leader now for passing yards in a season. They've had some good quarterbacks over there in San Francisco. Man. I remember That's... a few names, and this yeah. is, again, before that last one has been added. So 17-game seasons, I'm pretty sure young Montana, those guys played that long, so... Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And then finally, in the AFC West, the Chiefs have now won the division the last eight seasons. And in that time, the Broncos have missed the playoffs every year, too. Oh, Broncos, my God. It's like it's this this, uh, seesaw. It's got to be right. It's got to be right in Denver. You got to get yourselves back up there to knock the Chiefs down. Broncos got their Super Bowl win. They're fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so have the Chiefs. What are we talking about here? All right, everybody. That's true. Thanks for joining another episode of the Push Off Podcast. Um, before we leave and before we bid you adieu, uh, Dan, please, some parting words of wisdom. When you get an opportunity to tie the game and take it to OT, especially after you get a five-yard penalty, just take it. Just take it and quit your bitching. That being said, I have to applaud Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell coaches football the way I like watching it get coached, which is fucking insane, completely unhinged, and playing to win the game. So despite the Cowboys beating the Lions, I am still an MCDC fan. Uh, Really hope I don't have to face those motherfuckers again in the playoffs. Not looking forward to that shit. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got some tough games coming up, whoever it's going to be against. Uh, And we will discuss that next week, you guys. Uh, All of the matchups for the playoffs. Thanks so much. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy week 18 and the completion of the regular season. Goodbye. Goodbye.